0: the email came through as you were ordering and I let out a holler that you would have thought somebody came crashing through the window in a car (laughs) because I was so shocked And the whole restaurant turned around and looked at me and I was like, I got to round two.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And I do not have my fabulous co host, Samantha, with me today. She has an appointment, unfortunately. And so you are stuck with me, but. I am happy to say we do have a fabulous guest today on the show, and I want to start by welcoming our guest who was a DCL panelist for the, is it the Parks Panel, Angie? What do they call it now? Plan Disney, right?
0: Plan Disney, yes. It recently was rebranded. It used to be formally known as the Disney Parks Moms Panel.
1: Yes. Well, Angie, first, welcome to our show, and thank you for coming on to talk about your experience as a member of Plan Disney.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It's great to be able to share my experience with your audience as I think they would be great panelists themselves based on some of the knowledge I've heard um, both you and Sam share over time.
1: Full disclosure, I tried to get on the planned Disney panel about a year and a half or two years ago now and was unsuccessful. And so, haha, Disney, I have my own podcast now. So there you go. (laughs) I will continue to give my recommendations. So anyway, (laughs) it's quite the process, though. It's quite the process. And so they are getting ready to start recruiting for the new planned Disney panel more than likely. Right, Angie?
0: Yes, I would expect any day now we're going to start to hear news about recruiting for the class of 2023.
1: I want to walk through your experience getting on the panel, but I want to, we always like to get folks' Disney cruising background, cruising backgrounds, experience with Disney. What is your background with the cruise line, Disney in general, cruising in general?
0: So I was one of those kids that grew up wanting to go to Disney World, right? I grew up in Minnesota, so we're not exactly around the block and my family saved for years and years to go. And during our first visit, we found it so overwhelming. I was 12, and I could feel my parents being overwhelmed, right? So as I grew up, I wanted to visit again. I knew there was so much more to see. And finally, when I had my own children, I had the opportunity then to take my own kids to Disney World. And as I visited the park, I became even more enamored with the experience, the magic, the feelings, the memories and we wanted to marry that with actually seeing different parts of the world. So we, you know, embarked on Disney Cruise Line first when my youngest daughter was 3. And we felt like, okay, this is a new adventure. Let's check it out. And we immediately fell in love with Disney Cruise Line. The fact that you can marry the service, the experience, the entertainment, the nostalgia from your childhood, and really bring that to a destination type Vacation made it really something that was appealing to us. And what I love about Disney Cruise Line is you have that familiarity with the entertainment, with the characters, with the experiences that you can expect, but you can then... Do it in a different place. So you can jump on board, unpack your suitcases, and you can go to dinner and go to bed. And the next day you wake up and you're in Nassau. I mean, there's not a lot of opportunities out there to experience that always. So, when we found that it really worked well for our family, um, we started cruising every chance that we could get. I feel like a novice someday compared to many of those that are out there and have, you know, 50 to 100 cruises, but it, it really is something that we took to heart. We started taking the longer seven day cruises, started to go places like the Mediterranean and Alaska to experience Disney Cruise Line in different locations. And so, for us, it was just a way that our vacations could evolve with our family. So, now as our our kids are older and they're in that tween and teen group, they still can have a vacation of their own, be able to meet people, come together as a family for different activities. But then we can also explore the world and expose our kids to places like the Coliseum and the Isle of Capri where, you know, with other vacations, we may not have been able to do that as easily and as comfortably as we could with Disney Cruise Line. So once I found that I had an affinity for that and used the planned Disney panel to answer a lot of my questions as I was preparing for my cruises and then getting connected with Karen and my path Unwinding travel, you know, the more I learned about Disney Cruise Line, the more I became passionate about it. And when I applied for the panel, that was the year that the shoe fit and I was able to be able to share my experiences and give it advice um, for both that and Walt Disney World as well, which was, you know, a really neat opportunity to be able to answer some of those questions and really help people learn from experiences, good and bad, to make sure that their vacation can really be all that it can be and really make their own wishes come true.
1: Well, I'm curious, how many Disney cruises have you been on and how many had you been on when you applied to be on the Plan Disney panel?
0: So when I applied to be on the panel, I had only been on five cruises. So I honestly wasn't sure if that would qualify me to be somebody that could speak on behalf of Disney Cruise Line. But um, between now and then I've been on four more. I am finally going to hit platinum status in October with our first experience on the Disney Wish. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So it, it truly is about what you can offer as far as really good communication, sharing a memorable experience. It may not necessarily be tied to how many visits you've had or how many cruises you have when you are looking to potentially apply for the panel.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the experience I've had in talking to some other folks who've been on the panel is it's not necessarily the volume, it's it's more the quality of, to your point, the communication you can offer and things like that. So it's, it's, it's interesting to just see You know, five cruises. So if you're out there listening right now, and you are gold or even silver, it doesn't block you from being on the planned Disney panel. It's just about more you and your personality. And I liked your your comment about it being the right fit for that moment. It's almost like finding Cinderella's slipper, right? I think it's dependent upon what they're looking for at the time uh, for the slots that they want to fill on the panel. So that's that's absolutely,
0: and that's a really important point too because they're trying to find a really good cross section that. You have somebody on the panel that's going to be able to answer specific questions for different scenarios. So different family types, adults only if you have younger kids, if you have older kids, they're really always looking to fill in those spaces so that there's that experience that we can all work together as a panel to bring the best answer to the guest. So it may not necessarily be that you know everything about Disney Cruise Line. It might be that you have the right background to answer a specific set of questions and you can work with others on the panel to make sure that you can you know, address anything that comes up or to be able to share any experiences. A lot of times we will refer to each other in our answers. you know. I was talking with my pal Sherry and she was able to share that she had this experience on the fantasy. You know, if you if you read through some of the questions, oftentimes that is something that you will see is us working together as a panel to get the best answer for folks.
1: We've dived right in, kind of assuming that folks know what the Plan Disney panel is or what the you know the panel formerly known as the Moms panel <laughs> was. <laughs> it's no longer called the Moms panel for everyone out there. It's called Plan Disney because uh, it is not just women on the panel now. Uh, and I don't even think it was when it was called the Moms panel for a while. But do you want to describe for folks what exactly the Plan Disney panel is and the kinds of things that they do?
0: Absolutely. So, you know, the panel started out really as the opportunity for Disney to connect guests with each other to be able to share experiences as people are planning their vacation. As you can imagine, if you're looking to plan a vacation for the first time or for the hundredth time, oftentimes you will find that there may be some information you can't easily find on the website or your question is very specific to a certain experience or a certain dining need. And you're trying to find the information may not always be as easy as just a click of a button um, or listening to a podcast or going to a vlog. So Disney created the panel as a additional resource or tool for guests who are planning Disney vacations to be able to submit their question and then have a guest be able to actually provide a personable, experienced answer around what they're looking for. So say, for example, you have somebody visiting um, and planning a cruise on the Disney Fantasy and they have a uh, eating requirement, like for example, say they're gluten-free and they need to get some information on how they will navigate dining while on the cruise ship if they have to have gluten-free diet. We can then specifically drill down into here's the tip that I would go to this restaurant and I would order these things from the menu versus the, you know, generalized here we can accommodate gluten-free. You get kind of more into that nitty-gritty and somebody who's been there before and can actually speak to, yeah, I ate this and it was great or You know what? I would pick this over this dish. It just gives you that opportunity to be able to have that personal connection with a guest to a guest. So it was kind of their answer to, I think, things like disboards and other tools that were out there that became more of official. The evolution of the panel has been extremely interesting over the past 15 years is you now see things like the recently there was a Disney Cruise Line released podcast that the current panelists actually were speaking. From The Wish and from Castaway Key talking about their experience on the new ship. You also will see things like the pocket guide that they're creating um, so that people can have a quick reference guide for different things. And the most recently released one was actually, again, Disney Cruise Line. It was all about the Disney magic. So they're really generating content for guests that are from a guest point of view. And I think that that's a neat perspective that Disney realized they had the opportunity to tap into people who were already passionate about vacationing Disney style to be able to help each other versus, you know, like their typical call center you know their their helpline that you can call in the chat this is this is a little more personable a little more personalized that it's specific to an experience versus you know the canned disney information that they have out on their website
1: yeah great to hear about the podcast for sure i've seen that kind of cropping up and they they cover a range of topics um Always a little different than the other podcasters out here in the community because they are, you know, sort of it's it's more of an official Disney position. (laughs) But still great to see them branching out into that. And it's certainly helpful. I guess there are questions that the panel won't answer because I assume that there are things, you know, like your allergy gluten free menu comment. I think that makes a lot of sense. But I'm also assuming there are probably things they would say "Mm, it's best if you contact You know, Disney directly or the call center directly or someone else directly? Or does the panel handle any question that comes in and provide a response?
0: You know, it's very rare that there will be a question that they will not have a panelist answer unless it is specific to maybe a complaint early on with, you know, I was a panelist in 2020 when COVID hit. And so there were questions initially that we were cautious not to provide specifics on because at that time, Disney didn't have an answer for it. They were closed, right? So some of that, I think, gets weeded out as far as if it is a question appropriate for a panelist to answer. But you know, most of the stuff that guests are asking, they truly want somebody to be able to speak to their experience so that they know what to expect when they go on vacation. So there's very minimal, I would say, elimination or screening of the questions Screening of questions. Yeah.
1: How many panelists are there? Typically?
0: So their class sizes vary. They can be anywhere depending on what events are taking place at Disney over the course of the year. So you may have a class that has one Disney Cruise Line panelist or like 2022 where there were two knowing that a new ship was coming and there'd be a lot more questions. So it's, you know, anywhere around about a dozen new panelists. And then the nice thing is as a panelist, you can return in future years. So every year, the panel is made up of both alumni that have served their first year and beyond and new panelists that are selected from the search process.
1: So what's the, I guess, the duties and or requirements to be a panelist on the panel?
0: So the, you do have to be 18 years old to be on the panel, and you do need to be able to travel for training. So we can talk a little bit about the training trip a little bit later, but availability to be able to travel to go through Disney's training process and a lot of magic at the same time um, is a requirement and that typically takes place in late fall, early winter before the year starts. Beyond that, it really has to do with your experience. So have you visited the parks in the last 12 to 24 months, depending on what the criteria is for that year? Have you been on a Disney cruise in the last 24 months? So it's relatively that you have some recency to your own personal visits so that you can give a more recent experience (laughs) answer to your question so that you're always making sure that you're not giving outdated information when you're answering questions. And then beyond that, it's the ability to be able to answer your questions. There is a you know amount of questions that you'll need to make sure that you're answering so that we're getting back to guests in a timely manner. We don't want anybody waiting, you know weeks for an answer from the panel. So as long as you can be available throughout the year to make sure that you're answering those questions and available, those are the really the things that you have to look for when you're applying for the panel. And of course, on the plannedisney.com website, you know, there's some more in-depth details about qualifications for the panel as well.
1: Yeah, I'll also flag one other qualification. Cannot work for Disney. I don't think you can be a travel agent.
0: Very good point, Brian, because actually I ventured into becoming a travel advisor with My Path on a travel this year. So I am no longer eligible as long as I hold that title to rejoin the panel.
1: Right. And there's also some other kind of affiliative uh, kind of exclusion. So uh, agree. Best thing is to, one, head over to the website. If you're interested, head over to the website, check out the requirements. And they're very good at outlining what's needed and what might exclude you from the panel. But also because that's where they announce <laughs> when they're going to start opening up panelists submissions uh, for new members. Right. So my recollection is you got to kind of keep an eye on that website and things move pretty quickly in the process. Speaking of which, let's talk about the process to get on the panel. This is not a submit an application and you're on. This is a multi-stage process, right, Angie?
0: Yes, it is a, in my experience and in the past, it has been a three-step process. So the first application process is really your initial step into what I will call round one, where you are answering some basic questions within the application telling Disney a little bit about yourself and your experience. And then round from round one, they narrow down the field of applicants pretty significantly from round round one to round two. I don't have any exact numbers, but I know that, that if you follow any of the hopeful groups on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, um, there is quite a following as people have created friendships over the years going through this application process, because it can be quite tedious and very nerve wracking as you're waiting for that email to come to see if you made the next round. And then after round one, you go to round two. And that's where you start to venture a little more into what the content would look like for answering questions. And then also for your experience and your personality to shine through. So round two is typically in the past been a video round. So you'll answer a few questions that are very familiar to the panel. So if you've ever read Any of the questions that come through on plannedisney.com, they can be things like I described before about like the gluten-free dining on Disney Cruise Line. It could be traveling with a baby to Disneyland Park and where the baby center is and what services can be offered for babies. There's a plethora of questions that can come. So they bring some of those more common questions into the application process. And then one of them becomes a video where you can actually record yourself answering the question. And that gives the Plan Disney administration team an opportunity to really get a feel for who you are and your personality, but again, on a larger scale. So it's it's a quick hit. But then if you are fortunate to make it past round two, which I will tell you, I found out I was and I might have made a slight scene in a restaurant at lunch one day when I got that email coming through. But then round three is where you actually get an opportunity to talk to Disney and, and talk to the individuals that you'll be working with in more of like a formal type interview. And then from there, selection happens and it all kind of goes like a freight train forward until all of a sudden you're sitting one day at the end of your planned Disney experience and going, wow, that year went by really fast.
1: And the term on the panel is just one year? It's it, Is that it?
0: The term is a one-year term term, um, especially initially, if it is your first year on the panel. Beyond that, the terms can vary and it can happen from year to year. So if you do choose to return to the panel, you go through a similar application process every year, and then they're selected in just kind of the same manner that anybody that is new to the panel is joining. And, and you truly are, when you join Plan Disney, joining a family. I That was probably one of the most eye-opening things that I didn't necessarily expect when I applied and was blessed with the opportunity to be invited to be on the panel, it becomes family. You, with your class especially, that you join the panel with, you become family. We talk, if not daily, at least every other day <laughs> as a group. We're currently planning a Disney Cruise Line vacation together, so that's very fun as well. But you get to know the other people that have been on the panel in the past and learn from their experiences, and you see how this oftentimes can become part of who someone is from a personal standpoint, from a career standpoint. Like for me, it became a opportunity for me to see that it truly was my passion to help people experience fabulous vacations and to really get the most out of their Disney vacation. You know, you look at families that this is like a one-time deal for them. They save for years to be able to have this experience. And then there's other families that go every weekend. And to be able to find the best of both worlds for them and be a part of that, it is truly is an experience.
1: Well, let's talk about some of the, I'm going to dare say, call them perks of being on the <laughs> panel. You mentioned the training trip, which for some can conjure notions of being stuck in windowless conference rooms. But I think for the panelists means a fabulous trip to Walt Disney World in Orlando. I'm sure that there are some windowless conference rooms involved, but I'm curious about what some of the, the perks have been uh, of being a panelist. And for those who are selected for the cruise line position, 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 do you get a fabulous Disney cruise along with your appointment?
0: Well, I would say that one of the biggest perks of being on the Plan Disney panel is that you do get a vacation for you and your family, up to four people. And most recently, that was extended that it could be to Walt Disney World or a Disney Cruise Line vacation or a Disneyland vacation. So the opportunity to be able to choose kind of where you'd like to go as a result of your hard work that you put in over the years is really very probably the biggest perk that you get out of being on the Plan Disney panel other than the fact that you do join this family. I think that that's one thing that they may not list as a perk but I think it's important that you you, you know that you're joining a group of like-minded individuals that are passionate about helping people have a great time and making memories with their family and I, I think that's a perk that's unspoken as you go on to the Plan Disney panel. You know but beyond that there's you know some things that happen here and I don't want to spoil any of the magic. So I won't talk too much about the training strip. But I will say, Brian, you are right that it may not necessarily be that you're in a conference room learning material the whole time. There are definitely some times that maybe you get the curtain pulled back and get to see a little backstage action as well. But you know, beyond that, there are opportunities if you do want them. So if you're somebody who is comfortable doing podcasts or being on video or writing articles, there are chances like the Plan Disney podcast is a great example of that and how that's evolved as a perk because Disney will host you and bring you to a location to be able to share your knowledge. And then beyond that too, I mean, I was one of the coolest things that I remember from my um, Plan Disney My first year in 2019 was we were actually in Forbes magazine for talking about um, vacation planning and being a part of the Plan Disney experience. There's things like that that happen throughout the year that is a perk that you may not experience if you are not on the Plan Disney panel or a cast member or affiliated with it in some other way.
1: Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I have gotten to know the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel over time, and they are just so knowledgeable, so wonderful, so responsive, so welcoming. They have a great set of communities built on Facebook where they answer people's questions. We know that if you decide to book your next vacation with My Path Unwinding Travel, you will have a wonderful, wonderful experience. So if you are looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation and adventure by Disney Vacation, maybe you've been eyeing an all-inclusive resort vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash duo to book your next fabulous vacation. We know you'll have a fantastic experience. And with that, back to our episode. What's the range of topics that the panelists can cover? So uh, clearly parks are in there and parks-related questions, I would assume for at least Disney World and Disneyland, but are the international parks in there? you know, cruising's in there. What about like, you know, I want to go to Alani and Disney Vacation Club and things like that. Like what's the range of, of, you know, quote unquote expertise that the panel is trying to cover?
0: So currently there's really four factions of Plan Disney and the questions that we answer. It is Disneyland, um, Walt Disney World Resort, Disney Cruise Line, and Disney Vacation Club. Now in the past, there has been run Disney experts as well, And I think with it ever evolving, you might see more changes potentially in the future as they expand their portfolio about what we're asking. But it's very limited as far as anything beyond those four topics. I did have a question once about somebody cruising, and they were visiting Disneyland Paris. And because I had been there, we were able to answer that question and give them some information. But that's more of a... Exception versus the rule. So you're not going to see a lot of questions come in about Tokyo or Disney seas or anything like that. It is really that core. Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and Disney Vacation Club.
1: Do you have a really off the wall question or <laughs> strange question that you got the chance to work on or answer while you were on the panel?
0: So I have, a, I will say I have a series of questions that we continued to get from different guests. It kind of stood out to me because it was just one of those things that all of a sudden we started getting four or five questions on in the same week that we had not seen before. And that was if Max goof appears on any of the disney cruise line ships and so it's even funny to this day because what they announced him being at the not so scary halloween party as power line that was the first thing um me and my fellow panelists did was text each other and said did you see max goof <laughs> it's <gonna> be there. <laughs> because it was one of those things that had followed us around we I, I tell you we got like four or five questions in one week about max goof and we couldn't figure out what was driving that but You know, there's things that ebb and flow like that. We've had questions about, you know, on the Walt Disney World side, even about alligators in the waters around the Fort Wilderness campground. So it really, it ranges from anything that you could possibly think of that you might question about visiting any Disney vacation or Disney location A question has probably come through about it. I'm trying to think of any really farther off the wall ones that we have had. Um, We did have one about safety on Disney Cruise Line as far as children falling off of the ship that we did address at one point as well. But, you know, for the most part, a lot of it truly is, you know, many of the same questions you'll see over and over again, you know, as far as what you would recommend for dining. How do you, you know, request spa services? What is the strategy for making sure you can get a cabana on Castaway? Things like <laughs>
1: Sale concierge. Uh,
0: right? And I will tell you, <laughs> I have answered that question that way more than one occasion, because that truly has been my experiences. If I sail concierge, I can get a cabana. Is it worth the money? You know, and that's that's one thing that subjectively is a challenging question. And I, I liked... I was reading the blog post that you guys had about, is Disney Cruise Line Vacation worth it? That's a question that came up often, and specifically with concierge. And it, and it is so subjective, right? Because everybody looks at that cost versus what you're getting from an experience perspective out of it and so those were fun questions to answer because it really made you think about the value from disney cruise line because we all know disney cruise line is a premium vendor right we know that they're a premium cruise and that you're paying for that level of cleanliness service experience and so when someone asks you that question it's not always the easiest thing to answer because what is worth you know $5,000 $5,000 for, you know, a drink in the hyperspace lounge might be worth it to you. But to somebody else, they might get it and go, no, I would rather drink out of, you know, a bird's butt and nightingales. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's, there's these different, you know, things. And so I think that was probably one of the most challenging things is when you would get questions like that.
1: The worth question is always difficult, or the value question, because yeah, it, as my mother used to tell me when I was a kid, something's only worth what someone's willing to pay you for it. So yeah, it's it's a tough question to answer, and it just depends on where you want to spend your vacation dollar. Uh, to be clear, I don't think there's ever a five thousand dollar drink anywhere in the world that is worth whatever their church charging. <laughs> so, there's no value to be had there. I don't care how many trips to the uh, the Skywalker Ranch they want to throw at you, but uh, yeah, that's that said, it's it's. Uh, it's it is a it is a value discussion and you have to make those decisions yourself for sure well I, what advice angie do you have for folks who are thinking you know i might want to give the application to the plan Disney panel a try. What What's a piece of advice you'd give to someone out there who's thinking about pursuing this?
0: You know, my biggest piece of advice for somebody who is looking to join the plan Disney panel and go through the application process is to truly be your authentic self. Don't try to fit yourself into a mold or answer questions in a way you think that they should be answered or that somebody would want to hear. They want to hear your voice. So if you are filling out the application, if you're answering questions, if you get to the point where you're making a video or you're speaking with Disney on that round three, just be who you are and bring to the table what you to present yourself as. You know, I th- And I think that's probably the best advice I can give to anybody just in general in life too, but specifically for Plan Disney, because what they're looking for is somebody who truly exudes a passion for helping others and for Disney. And many of us that in the Disney Cruise Line fan groups that have podcasts that are listening to this right now, there's a reason that we're drawn to it. And so you really want to show that side of yourself and nothing has to be overcomplicated. You know, if the question is about what's your favorite dish at animator's Palette, just go for it. You know, it doesn't have to be the popular opinion either. The chocolate souffle in Palo, one of my favorite desserts. I can tell you that if it wasn't in Palo, it may not be my favorite dessert. (laughs) Part of that is the experience, right? So, you know, I think... Being just honest, truthful, authentic is the best advice I can give anybody going into this process. And that carries through with training, that carries through with meeting the other panelists, meeting with the administration team, you know, and then as you answer questions um, on the panel, because folks can see through you know, if you're trying to answer in a way that you are expected to answer. And when our guests are coming to planDisney.com, from a travel advisor perspective, too, they don't want to hear what they can already read on a website, they want to hear, okay, don't, you know, don't go to I don't want to call any specific restaurants out or something, but don't go to Tony's Town Square for dinner. Go to be our guest. You know, they want that type of information versus, you know, these are great dining locations. Have, you know, any pick of it is perfect. No, they want to know your opinion. And so that comes through in the interview process much more than I probably anticipated it did in the first year that I had applied.
1: It makes a ton of sense because I think, you know, people listen to our show, for instance, because they just, they want to hear our opinions. They don't want to hear <laughs> everything is great. Everything on the Palo menu is great. No, there's things that we don't like and you may love them. I don't know. You should try. Maybe you'll love it, but we don't like it and we would tell people to steer clear of it. So yeah, I think, I think that's important and authenticity. Authenticity is, I think, always important for anyone creating content answering questions uh yeah be your authentic self i think that's that's super important too so great great tips you know one thing that i would ask i'm I'm guessing uh is don't get discouraged if you apply and you don't get it Um, i bet there are a lot of people out there who have to apply multiple times or who do apply multiple times before they get on the panel is that your sense as well
0: absolutely um we have had people that have been very fortunate and have been joining the panel on the first time that they have applied. Um, but one of my nearest and dearest friends was a decade of applications before the shoe fit. So you just never know when it is the right year for your experience on the panel. So if you don't get through on your first try, get ready for next year. Um, and there is a complete and total support system online as well. If you go look on Facebook and vote for Plan Disney hopefuls, they're a great group as well. And they go through the whole process together, which actually makes the search process really fun. Because you get to hear other people's experiences, you get to hear their nerves, their anxiety, their successes, their failures, you know, and I think that's really part of the process and what brings this plan Disney community together is that camaraderie as well. And then You know, I think not counting yourself out because you didn't make it the first year is really important to know that it's not because you weren't good enough, because you didn't have enough knowledge, because you didn't answer a question exactly how they wanted to see it. It just might be that that wasn't what they were looking for this year because it goes beyond just your knowledge, right? We kind of talked about that already and your experience. It doesn't... If you've been on 50 cruises, you're not automatically on the panel because you have all that experience. It comes down to how you can share that with others and... what they're looking for that year. You know, I don't know. I, when I was chosen, you know, I was pleasantly surprised because mine was my third year that I had applied. And I had never the first two years made it past the first round. So when I got that second round email, I'll tell the story. I was out to lunch with my husband. We had just met up for lunch in between work. And the email came through as we were ordering. And I let out a holler that you would have thought somebody came crashing through the window in a car (laughs) because I was so shocked. And the whole restaurant turned around and looked at me and I was like, I got to round two. (laughs) So that was was a really fun experience and a fun memory. But it, it will happen happen when it's the right time for both you and for Disney, if I'm being honest, because it really depends on what they're looking for that year. For sure. Well, I want to wrap
1: up by just asking you a few questions about your Disney cruise line experience. Uh, we Angie have to have you back at some point uh, to do a full episode and experience the glory that is Sam's uh, rapid fire round. but
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would love that.
1: I. I but I just want to, I mean, as a former plan, Disney panelist, perhaps Just want to pluck a few of your favorites out here, but like what's been your favorite itinerary sailing with Disney Cruise Line thus far?
0: Oh, the Mediterranean out of Barcelona. I had always wanted to visit Italy and there was a comfort level with me going overseas. I had not been overseas before and hadn't experienced it. So to be able to go from port to port and to see Rome, to see Capri, that was to me my favorite itinerary that I've done so far. Now, I'm a little biased, though, because I did do the Adventures by Disney add-on. (laughs) Which meant we saw everything that we could have possibly seen on that itinerary. In
1: style. In style too, right? Sure, sure. (laughs) Shout
0: out to our ABD venture guides because they made that, like they hooked me. Like I have been trying to figure out, okay, where do I need to go on ABD next? And that's the hardest decision now is do I do Disney Cruise Lane? Do I do Adventures by Disney? But when they have come together and you can do both, it's like this perfect marriage.
1: I don't know the specific experience of ABD in Italy, but I can tell you it was probably nothing like what Sam and I experienced right after law school and taking the bar schlepping large pieces of luggage on <laughs> Train Italia. Uh, so you're already a cut above. Um, what about what's your favorite ship right now with Disney Cruise Line? Have you been on the have you been on the wish or have plans to go on the wish?
0: I have not been on the Wish yet. We are going in mid-October. So I'm very excited about that. But you know, I always think your first ship ends up being your favorite and the Disney Magic has been my favorite since day one. I was able to do the sister ship Disney Wonder and I did love that as well. And let's face it, that concierge lounge, (laughs) not speaking Wish aside, is the best concierge lounge on the fleet. We'll see when we get on the Wish what we think about that one. But the magic to me is just, I like the intimacy of the smaller ship. I like the little cozy areas that you can find as you're going through. And like I said, it holds special memories for our family because that was our first experience.
1: Yeah. Now, ours was the fantasy for a long time. Favorite ship, but now it is definitely the wonder. And you know, but it's the wonder sailing. Here. <laughs> so, <Yes. laughs> uh, it's a, an amazing lounge for sure. For sure. Um, and we heard from more than one crew member on board the wish. When we were there that the, Magic will be getting those upgrades at some point. So you'll be able to enjoy the size of the lounge on the Wonder on the Magic at some point, we think. That will so. be
0: so wonderful.
1: Yeah. What, uh, one more question for you. I mean, we so rarely get such a prestigious expert on our show. I, 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 I'm <laughs> kidding. Aaron Foster, if you're out there, you too are an expert, as are many of our guests. Uh, but when, if someone came to you and said, why should I take a Disney cruise instead of a Carnival cruise or a Royal Caribbean cruise? What would you tell them?
0: For me, when I get asked that question, the first thing I say is just the level of service and the experience and cleanliness. For me, they're bar none to um, the rest of the cruise lines. Now, I will say I haven't sailed on every cruise line, so yet to be determined on a couple of them. But the ability from a family perspective to know that you're safe, to know that your kids have just as much space... And just as much activity to take part in and that they can feel comfortable and confident on their own in spaces that are designed for them versus spaces that are just fitted to have kids in them, I think really has always spoke to me as what's had them as a front runner for our family. It's not for everybody, you know, I'm not gonna pretend that, you know, Carnival or Royal is not better for some other families. And uh, be honest, as my family has grown older, you know, Royal looks more appealing from my kids are teenagers, they're looking for different experiences. And so I think where Disney Cruise Line will always be a part of our vacations because of that service and that entertainment value that I think is is just unparalleled with other groups. I, I think that, you know, you're always staying open and everything changes. So for me, it just depends on where you're at with your family and what your vacation goals are. And, you know, and that's where I always love the opportunity in the past for me to work with a travel advisor because those goals are different every time. Like you might be going to just relax or you might be like me in Minnesota just trying to get out of the cold and you don't care where you go or what you're doing. But I, I think Disney Cruise Line offers something for every vacation scenario in many different vacation styles and vacation travel groups. So that to me is why I always say they're my go-to for anybody looking to experience cruising, especially for the first time. But sometimes I feel like I'm setting people up. If they cruise Disney, they're never going to want to go back. It's kind of like, you know, you hear a lot of us concierge cruisers, I think, feel the same as once you cruise concierge, it's very difficult to not cruise concierge. Once you get that level of service and that level of what you can expect in knowing what's there and having those private moments. Disney Cruise Line is that same way to me. I, I feel once you go to Disney Cruise Line, it is hard to not have that same level of thoughtful staterooms and rotational dining and some of these things that you just don't see on other cruise lines.
1: Yeah, we, we like to say, and I can't take credit for this, I think it actually comes from a prior guest, Emma, uh, who, who runs the Emma Cruises uh, Empire these days, we like to say that there is a not every cruise line is for everyone, but there is a cruise line for everyone out there. So or at Absolutely. least a cruise.
0: that's a really, really good way to put it for sure
1: may not be an ocean cruise, maybe a river cruise or expedition cruise. I don't know, but there's probably a cruise vacation out there for you somewhere. Speaking of which, Angie, you are a travel advisor with our fantastic show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. And so do you want to let folks know how they can connect with you if they want to book a fabulous Disney cruise line vacation?
0: Yeah, so absolutely. First and foremost, you can always go to MyPathUnwinding.com and then our Facebook page. Definitely reach out to us if you need anything, have any questions, and definitely if you want a book, we're more than happy to help get you set up. But also, you know, if you want to connect with me directly as well, I'm on Facebook under Angie Gargaro with my Path Unwinding Travel. Um, So you can definitely seek me out as well. And I'm happy to help you along with any of our travel advisors um, at my Path Unwinding Travel. We're a fun group. We have a lot of experience between all of our travel advisors. But most importantly, we're here to help you get the most out of your vacation.
1: Yeah, I can't emphasize how amazing the travel advisors over at My Path on Wedding are. I know we say this in our ad read during the show, but I just want to emphasize that when we met up with, I don't know how many of the travel advisors were on the (laughs) Wonder Cruise out of new orleans but you know kaylee uh with my path unwinding for instance uh, she's sitting in the concierge lounge with us for a half hour answering our questions about how to tip people appropriately so like i and i was like you didn't even book our vacation this is amazing thank you for helping us with this this uh our first time at concierge so uh, they are just wonderful folks and they have wonderful communities built over on facebook where you can ask all kinds of questions and get answers and so uh really really appreciate the folks over there and Uh, Angie, really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experiences with the Planned Disney panel.
0: Well, I'm so happy that you had me. It was a pleasure talking with you about it, Brian. And I hope that everybody listening considers applying. If you're listening to DCL Duo and you're looking at Disney Cruise Line Vacations, you have a lot to offer other people that that haven't been on board and you can answer those questions. So I definitely encourage you to reach out and to give it a try.
1: As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice line if you'd like to send us a question a comment or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590 that's 402-413-5590 if you'd like even more great content from the dcl duo you can always browse to youtube.com dcl duo for our vlog If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCLduo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCLduo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. Views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night.